Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Yo, what's up? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Wednesday, November 30th, 2022. I'm one of your hosts, Blessing Adioye Jr. I'm joined by... Host of PS, I love you, XOXO, aka WWE Superstar, aka Greg Miller. Hi, Bless. How are you? Doing good, Greg. How are you doing? I'm good. It's good to see you. This is new for you the Starbucks Espresso Mini Cam. Yeah, it, it's one of those ones where I didn't have enough time this morning to actually sure. grab a full coffee. Sure. And I had to figure out how I was going to get my burst of energy this morning. Let me tell you, this thing is giving me, giving me a burst it's of energy. It. This it's morning. doing yeah. it. It's doing it. No, I'm Busan train. I love it. I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it. Can I tell you that review season. It's never ends. my butt. Never ends. It never ends. Never ends. Last night, I was really feeling it. Yeah. Where there are a couple of games I'm playing for review, but sure. also uh, got access to Need for Speed Unbound. And I want to start this episode off with an apology. Oh, shit. Because oh, yes, yesterday, I was... Lots of, sh- <laughs> lots of shade. Thrown yesterday, at Need for Speed I was throwing a lot of shade at Need for Speed. I was talking about how... It's gotten stale. I was talking about how they've not really had many wins over the last decade, which I stand by, right? Like, I know, again, I say this all the time. I know people liked Need for Speed Heat, but it's not like people were over the moon on Need for Speed Heat. And I tried playing Need for Speed Heat when it came to PlayStation Plus recently, and I was like, eh, it's not doing it for me. Need for Speed Unbound, it's kind of sick. What's, what's got you about it? What's different about it? What's, uh, what's, I, what's scratching the itch for driving? Immediately, it's a step up in fidelity. That was one of the things when I was playing Need for Speed Heat. I was like, ah, this game feels like an old game. Like, I don't know if it's just the fact that it's a PS4 game. I don't know if it's the fact that. I, I, I'm coming off of playing Forza Horizon recently, and I'm like, I have that in my head in terms of what I look for in terms of fidelity in a car sure, game. Sure. But when I tried playing Need well, for Speed, you gotta Heat, crouch down. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> when, I, when I was playing uh, Need for Speed Heat uh, when that came to PS Plus, I was just like, ah, this isn't doing for me, doing it for me in terms of like performance and fidelity and all this stuff. From the get go, Need, Need for Speed Unbound, it looks great. Right, like it sure. reminded me of playing. Forza. It looks great, except for this GameSpot garbage in the back window. Yeah, yeah the GameSpot, oh, the GameSpot stuff kind of ruins it. It's kind of gross, but like it looks good. It runs at great performance, right? I think a lot of that is just chalked up to it being a, a current gen game. Uh, but then also all the anime stuff that we've seen in the trailers and like the reports leading up to it that seem kind of gimmicky and kind of hokey, right? If you're watching the video version right now, you see gameplay, and it is these illustrated effects that are happening over the screen, right? That is like trying to give this anime flash and flair. Your characters are, are legit anime-style characters. All that stuff, I was like, uh, this seems gimmicky. This seems yeah. like something that's going to be like, I was going to feel old within the first few hours of playing the game. And granted, yeah. I've only played a couple of hours of the game. Uh, but immediately, like, I hit my first drift, and all the drift smoke was cartoon-style. Okay. And I was like, okay, that's, that's cool. cool. Like, that's it, cool. Feels very, it feels more Spider-Verse than just uh, hokey uh, uh, animation. Maybe that stuff like fades off a- after a while, but so far, I'm super into the visual aesthetic of the game. The customization stuff takes advantage of it as well, where uh, you can customize the color of your cool uh, cartoon drift you got going on. You can customize like a lot of the visual effects you got going on, and of course, this Need for Speed, so you can customize your car as well. Uh, I've done a few races now. I've had a good time. Like I've had a lot of fun with it, and, and, and I know a lot of my argument uh, yesterday was about burnout right and how like oh man burnout's been gone for so long i want burnout back i miss those burnout mechanics bring it back barrett uh there's actually quite a few burnout elements in this one that i know they've been slowly kind of injecting into the need for speed franchise but like 
here it is. You got your boost. You do you do gain boost by doing the uh, by driving into oncoming traffic, by drifting, by doing the near misses. All the stuff that I've come to love from Burnout. That's there. You have crashes uh, like in Burnout, where it is if you run into a wall too fast, you will do like a crash animation, and then it'll it'll respawn you onto the racetrack. There's not takedowns, and takedowns are like the thing I love most about Burnout. But yeah. that's fine. You can save that. for You let burnout. it go. Okay. You let it slide. I'm, I'm letting it slide. Okay. I like. I'm that. having a pretty good time with this Need for Speed game, and so okay. a, a, a formal apology to to EA for that one. That said, on the other hand, I got I to gotta take somebody to the cleaners, who I usually respect, who I usually love, all right? Oh, I know where this is going. Another game that... I had a tweet about this last night. <laughs> I did tweet about this last night, right? Another game that uh, is in, that, in the review season wave, Dark Pictures, The Devil in Me. Of course, Supermassive, me and you love them a lot. We played, we played pretty much every Supermassive game. I played them all. Uh, you played them all, right? Yeah. Even in the VR one you played. Yeah. That's like the one that I think I missed. Uh, I was very much looking forward... So your opinion doesn't change. Uh, my opinion doesn't count about this. I was looking forward to Dark Pictures, The Devil in Me, because yeah. I like the premise. I like the idea that it's this Saw. murder hotel, Saw-like kind of game. I really like that premise in horror. And also, you know, we just like, I like choose-your-own-adventures, cinematic story type stuff, right? And coming off of the quarry, I'm like very high on Supermassive. Oh, man. The Devil in Me, we've played a lot of buggy, a lot of bad running games recently. Yeah. And maybe that's just the effects of COVID and the pandemic and game development. But man, are the bugs like just all throughout uh, The Devil in Me. It's actually pretty ridiculous, right? In the way that- well, So what kind of bugs am I getting? T-poses, crashes, no dialogue? I'm not, okay, so I'm not seeing crashes, but I have had stuff where it is, I'm playing with my co-op partner, Yami. Of course. And her character will just freeze up out of nowhere. And it is, all right, maybe I'll take you to the next cutscene. Your character will unfreeze. And I get there and no, she's still frozen. Okay. So we have to reload that. I have had, I've had it where characters are just popping in and out. And not even like, you know, draw distance or anything like that. It is legit- I'm side by side with the character, and they are just disappearing and reappearing. It is uh, characters getting stuck in the wrong animation. Where uh, Yami was playing as a character, Mark, who has a camera, and like you can equip the camera and unequip the camera. And when she would unequip the camera, it would appear on my screen as equipped. And so she's like running around with this camera in her <laughs> hand, and I'm like, Yami, put away your camera. And she's like, What are you talking about? It is put away. And then she takes it out, and then it looks like it's uh, sure, it, it, sure. it's getting put away. Barrett, if you're able to pull up my Twitter. Uh, maybe a couple of tweets down. I have legit three videos, three clips that I that I saved throughout throughout our time playing. Mad exposure says I think it's way worse than the other dark pictures, which sucks. The, no, they've been building, you know what I mean? It, That's what I had talked it's about. It's such a bummer. Like it is for sure the worst running dark pictures game. Yeah. But the story is actually pretty interesting. That's okay. the one thing I do like in the game okay. is the story and the premise. I think is fun and i am having a good time figuring out what's going on in this murder hotel so right now if you're a video watcher right barrett has up uh, my first clip here where she's playing as mark and she's climbing but she has a camera in her hand still uh you can go to the next clip if you want to this one right here right this is one of the instances where her character is just stuck uh and like she can't move her character so i go up to her character and i start trying to move it and like their character is just standing still and they're sliding and i stop moving her and she keeps moving yeah and then she just snaps back right here but that pink Boom, and yeah. she just snaps back out of nowhere. I know Gary Witta stars in this game. Oh, yeah, they have Gary. It's like a mix between Gary Witta and John Oliver. He's actually okay. pretty great. Okay. Uh, but then in this last clip here, right, is like minor spoilers, not really a spoiler. Like sure. it's dark pictures shit happening. So somebody gets anything uh, can happen. Anything can break. Anything can happen. Also, somebody falls through a trap door is basically the thing. Oh, no. But yeah, this character who I, I, I love to hate this guy. He's great. Sure. But he falls through a trap door, and Yami's character here is like, oh, what the fuck's happening? Right? And then looks down the trap door, and then it cuts <laughs> back, and he's just standing there. He's like looking around, like, what the fuck was happening? And that was also a bug. Uh, those are just three out of many bugs sure. I've experienced. That's our breaker. Yeah. Because again, yeah, you know, we love uh, Supermassive, and, you know, uh, it was with 
Little Hope when I double back to that, right? So Man of Medan, Little Hope, and then uh, House of Ashes, right? Where I was so disappointed in Man of Medan as a big Until Dawn fan. Uh, I thought Little Hope when I finally came around to play it, I had a good time with. It was like Ron's to something. House of Ashes was uh, my favorite one of the Dark Pictures, and I do think I like it better than Until Dawn. You know what I mean? Corey mm. is so recent, it's kind of hard to toss in there. But I enjoyed how digestible House of Ashes was, how the choices really did seem to branch and matter or whatever. Um, so yeah, I was hoping that they finally had a rhythm going that they were in a good place with this. And this feels, it feels rushed is the thing, right? Like the quality is there. Which was the big concern when they're like, we're doing nine games with Bandai Namco. They're coming out every year. Like I think the story and where they're taking the characters and stuff and like the characters themselves, I like all of it. It's just when the game is in motion, you can just see all the ways in which it feels rushed. And maybe that is the fact that they put out the quarry earlier this year, let alone they put out another game, another Dark Pictures game last year. It feels like just too much in rapid succession. I don't know if it's the fact that they took their A team and they were like, all right, Quarry's coming out. Everybody, like, focus on Quarry. And then it comes back to this game and it's like, oh, man, all right, we're running low on bandwidth to actually figure this thing out. Um, but it's a bummer. And also, like, totally. the game, all, and maybe I'll talk about this more on PSW, but the game adds in more mechanics that are interesting but also unnecessary where there is more traversal stuff in this game that feels like they're trying to be uncharted in certain places okay. where, like, you have puzzles where you take um, a crate and you're pushing the crate so you can then climb over it. There's, like mantling in this there's a sprint button where you're running faster than ever <laughs> in, <laughs> in one of these super massive games like you're running and like the jog animation is so funny and so bad yeah um but it seems like they're trying to make this game feel a little bit more i guess actiony than the previous dark pictures games which is interesting because that's not their bag yeah and i really wonder if they're trying that, to evolve right? into yeah, something yeah, yeah, but yeah. um I'm curious to see where they go with that stuff. Have you seen the? I saw the report from either Monday or maybe even over the weekend. I, th- I want to say it was Eurogamer that they, you know, they went through and patched a bunch of stuff into Man of Medan and maybe Little Hope too oh. as well. And th- and that actually broke both those games. Like now there's like oh, you okay. can't. There people are reporting bugs they can't progress past. Interesting. No, I not a great week for them with the bugs apparently. Yeah, it's unfortunate. And so I hope I hope they patch this game. I hope it gets better. And I hope the next Dark Pictures game uh, actually in comes space. out in space. Yeah, yeah. Uh, actually comes out in a way better state because this one so far is disappointing to me. Aside from the story, which I do think the story is great. But that's what sucks. Is like, yeah, I, I'm you know I want to hold my breath and see if they'll fix it because you know maybe even by the time I get there it'll be a different story if I just wait because there's still so much other stuff. What I've here. seen because I was tweeting about this last night. Yeah. Uh, a couple people replied saying that this is a problem with co-op specifically. Oh, that single player is well, as, as a fucking lonely loser. Well, enough about Dark Pictures Anthology. Let's talk about today's stories, which include a Midnight Suns review roundup, Super Mario Brothers movie's release date, and more, because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each week at 10 a.m. live right here on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games and Twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. If you're watching live, you can correct us when we get stuff wrong by going to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. If you don't want to watch live, you can watch later on YouTube.com slash kindoffunnygames, or you can listen later on podcast services around the globe by searching for Kind of Funny Games Daily. Remember, you can use Epic Creator Code Kind of Funny on all Epic Store and Epic in-game purchases like Rocket League and Fortnite to help support the channel. To be a part of the show, head to kindoffunny.com slash kfgd to write in with your questions, squad-ups, and more. And remember, patreon.com slash kindoffunny will get you the show ad-free plus a bevy of bonus content. Housekeeping for you, both PSLWU, XOXO, and Kind of Funny Gamescast are going up later this week, so pay attention to your fees to see when they go up. Friday! Friday. For they both for us. us. I don't know what. I don't know no, what XCast will be tomorrow. But I'm not PS. I love you and, and Gamescast. What we're talking about. Uh, XCast normal time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Gamescast Friday. Okay. What? PS Love You is where is where the game, we don't know. PS I know. Oh, okay. I know. Yeah, yeah, Look yeah. for probably a Thursday night Gamescast is what I okay. would say on that oh, one. A Thursday okay. night Gamescast, a Friday morning PS I Love You. Friday no, morning. Friday afternoon because we're recording it. Yeah, okay, okay, okay. That's why I was confused. Get your ass to patreon.com slash kind of funny. Throw a few bucks. You can watch us record PS I Love You live at noon. We're doing God of War 2018 versus God of War Ragnarok. Oh. Like we did the last time. That'll be a fun oh. one. Oh. I feel like that might be an easy one. Boy. Boy. We shall see. Uh, also, yeah, I was talking about, I was thinking we might want to toss in. We can, if we can go through and just say, hey, Ragnarok's the better one really quickly. Yeah. Then we can go. Go right. last. Because I feel Ragnarok like Ragnarok better than last. That's episode. the more interesting conversation. I think. All right. I'm fine with that. Yeah. It's, you know, Janet popped up in the Slack, though. You and me had talked about The Last of Us first thing. Janet, are you watching? Everybody tweeted Janet and let her know we're changing it to that because that was what we originally talked about was Last of Us first God of War. What's now the definitive thing? I mean, how much do we care about the length of the title? Because, like, we can make it, what, God of War Ragnarok versus God of War 2018 versus The Last of Us Part 2 versus The Last of Us Part 1. I think we could even boil it down podcast to God of War versus Last of Us. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. And then there we oh. go. Now then, now we've got an umbrella that has everything. Yeah, that, that's a See, that's a fun, that, that's a that's fun conversation right there. Because right yeah. I, th- I think that's going to have a lot of back and forth in debate. All right, I'm going to call Janet and tell her to watch. And it's going to be a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of kids coming in wanting to give their, their two cents. Yeah. I'm sure everybody's going to agree in the comments. <laughs> yeah. yeah <laughs> everybody yeah. knows what they always say. Bless, I'm scared to see what your opinion's going to be. I'm scared. I don't know why. But I don't know I if there's like a bad opinion on this one. Of God of War versus the last one. Hello? Yeah. Janet, it's Greg. You're live on Kind of Funny Games Daily. Are you watching? Uh, I'm not watching. What's up, Greg? How's it going? Uh, it's good. I'm. Uh, it's good. Uh, we changed the idea. Well, actually, you changed the idea for what we we're going to do to PS I Love You, but then me and Blessing wanted to go back to what it was, but then we just combined them all. So if you go to YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games right now and you rewind the show about five minutes, you can understand what we're doing on Friday with the show. You could just tell her right now. Okay. All Sounds right. good. Sounds good. Bye. She'll figure it out. She'll figure it out. Janet's a smart cookie, all right? And I want the view on the episode. Why isn't she watching? Every view matters. Every view counts. Uh, speaking of that, though, our screencast reactions to the new Super Mario Brothers movie trailer is up right now. You can see Tim and me go crazy for the reveals on YouTube.com slash kind of funny. Y'all, tell you. y'all are crazy people. Oh, yeah? Because I heard you screaming in the other room when I was out there working. I was reviewing a game or whatever, and then I didn't get a chance to watch, so I went home, and I did my own Greg way on Patreon, uh-huh. where I was like, I'll watch this and see what, and I'm like, Right. This is a good trailer. Oh, you're okay. crazy. You're crazy. Uh, I, see, you don't watch- I was like, oh, is this where they flipped out? I haven't gone to watch the reacts yet. If you don't like watch that trailer, it's and a, it's you're a really not fun flipping tra- out and flipping I'm, tables I'm and doing backflips, we're just, we're flipping just everything, of, like, flipping how people much off. They're respecting the IP. We didn't That's think fair. that they would That's go fair. that far in. Respect know, the IP. Because yeah. we watched the Sonic the Hedgehog movies, and I love the Sonic the Hedgehog movies, but like... Even they they were like, cool, let's not do Chemical Plant Zone, because maybe that's too much let's of a deep cut. Let's do San Francisco. Let's do San Francisco. Mario movie is like, let's do it all. And I love it. Absolutely love it. They got the uh, fish. You know, they got the fish, yeah. The fish that sucks people's faces, apparently. <laughs> I saw somebody on Twitter mention, they're like, oh, I can't wait for halfway through the movie where uh, Luigi like starts getting sick and then like gives birth to a fucking fish outside of his stomach. They're making like an alien reference or predator. Gotcha. I don't know, yeah, oh, I see. It's alien. Movies. I see. I see. Uh, speaking, I thought I was missing some Mario lore that there was like a moment when oh Luigi yeah the, was pregnant with a fish or something. The cheapy cheeps do impregnate you, yeah, through your faces. It's crazy to see it. Speaking of sci-fi horror, the Dead Space creator and Striking Distance Studios lead Glenn Schofield is coming to stream the Callisto Protocol with us on Twitch and YouTube this Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific time. Come for Mike and Greg trying to survive the nightmare. Stay for the gruesome in-game deaths. Thank you to our Patreon producers, Morgan Lorraine, Fargo Brady, Christopher Rodriguez, the Kind of Funny Destiny 2 PC clan, Tall Tree 81, Joseph A. Carlson, 1UP Pest Control, Kerry Palmer, Elliot, Brian Cheney, 
Trevor Starkey, Super Daddy Kyle, Undertopian, David Mindtel, The Mind Freak, Eric Velasquez, Scotty Wyatt, Alex Greedle, Al Tribesman, Jason L, James Davis at James Davis Makes, Mick at the Nanobiologist Abramson, uh, Ryan T from Tennessee, and Der- or Derek Gregg, and Donald Eccles. Today we're brought to you by Chime, Shady Rays, and Mint Mobile, but we'll tell you about that later. For now, let's begin with what is, and forever will be, the Roper Report. It's time for some news. We have seven stories today. A baker's dozen. Before we even get to number one, speaking of thank yous, right? Because I just said thank you to the Patreon. You never have to thank me. Don't worry. Oh, no, I'm not thanking you, Greg. I'm thanking the people that that have been tweeting at us this morning with their Spotify wrapped. It's like one of my favorite days of the year when the Spotify wrap comes up so I can see which artists I'm listening to. But then also I always get reminded that a lot of you guys guys have us pop up in your Spotify wrapped, which is always a wild thing to think about. And so shout out to all the people that are uh, tweeting at us. Continue to tweet at us because it makes me feel good. We love you. We love you. Yeah. Especially if you have kind of funny uh, games daily and PS Love You at your top and Gamescast. I don't want to be tweeted at if we're not on it. Exactly. If you got in review on there. Get the fuck out it's of here. It's whatever. We don't want yeah, that. You're we want... on that show, though, Greg. Sometimes. Then other That's times true. they're like, let's yeah. do stuff without Greg. And but I hear also, it universally. If it's X-Cast. Where's Greg? Greg should be on everything. I miss Greg. No mm-hmm. X-Cast. If it's X-Cast, please tag specifically Greg. At Game Over Greg on Twitter. Don't fucking do it. And Hive. Story number one. Marvel's Midnight Suns review embargo is up. We have a review <gasps> roundup for you. Right now on Metacritic, it is sitting at an 83. On OpenCritic, it is sitting at an 84. Dan Stapleton at IGN gave it an 8 out of 10 and says this. With Marvel's Midnight Suns, Fraxis has put itself in the league of RPG developers like BioWare, Obsidian, Bethesda, and Larian. Its innovative turn-based hero combat system takes a bit of time to get going, but once it does, it makes excellent use of card game mechanics to keep battles fresh, evolving and unpredictable over the course of an epic-length campaign. Bashing enemies into things for increased damage is endlessly entertaining. The supernatural apocalypse story is given emotional weight by the family relationship between the hero and villain at the heart of it. Building intense friendships with famed Marvel superheroes we've seen in comics, movies, and games for decades does does tend to feel forced and weird, but learning all their backstories and conflicts with teammates can be intriguing. And the fact that nearly everything you do outside of combat makes you more powerful in the next fight means it's, it's it all tends to be worth doing. Chris Carter at Destructoid gave it a 7.5 out of 10 and says, In several respects, Midnight Suns reflects the tendencies of the more streamlined, popcorny, and entertaining MCU films. It isn't what I expected in a good way. It's incredibly easy to recommend to any Marvel fan and is simple enough to pick up and play for strategy newcomers. And then Jeremy Peel at PC Gamer gave it an 88 out of 100 and said, Who, know, who knew Sid Meier's protégés had a secret and completely brilliant Persona game in them? Interesting. Greg Miller. Hey. Is this what you expected out of the Metacritic? Yes. Uh, so if people remember when the preview embargo lifted two weeks ago, I believe it was, on Games Daily, that is when I was like, I feel like I'm playing a completely different game than these previews. Because mm-hmm. previews were off the charts positive. Everybody was like, man, this really turned around. Blah, blah. And I was the opposite, where I was like, oh, man, I was really turned off by this. And, you know, the more I've thought about it, uh, it once I saw those, I was like, I expected these scores. I mean, people, it's getting nines and tens, too, on top of, you know, a Dan Stapleton eight, which is hard to come by. Um, so I expected it doesn't catch me off guard. I think it really comes down to I have the beholder and what are you looking for in these games? Uh, what I think is interesting about it is that I'm fascinated to see this get out into the wild, you know, because for Axis, XCOM, 
in a good way, incredibly nerdy video games. And they have that hardcore, there's a fur axis fan base, right? That are like, oh no, this is the shit I'm all about. And Dan Stapleton, uh, and I'm just calling out Dan because I know him personally from my IGN days, right? Dan, big PC guy. He came up on that, cut his teeth on that. He's in that genre and he knows what that's all about. I'm going to be fascinated to see, hey, there's a new Marvel game. And this is for people like uh, people watching this show or people in general paying attention, not mainstream people, but gamers who maybe haven't played NextCon before. Oh, hey, there's a new Marvel game. It's getting 9s, 10s, 8s. I'm going to get that. I'm going to jump in mm-hmm. and then see what they take away from it, right? Because my preview uh, from two weeks ago, which is still up and has all my footage in there where I went and captured it, I'm like, am I crazy? Does, does this look – this looks like a PS3 game, doesn't it? Like – I was very much talking about all the side activities. And mm-hmm. what, and I did bring up the fact that I like the gameplay. The gameplay is enjoyable. I'm having, I, I like that. I wish there was more of it. And what I found fascinating about that is like, for me, it's that you have the core gameplay, which I do believe is great, is fun. I would like to do more of it, but it's surrounded by all this fat that just doesn't make sense, right? If you remember, I was talking about the exploration of Mass Effect, the light and dark from uh, KOTOR, uh, the hangs from Persona, the words of power from Skyrim, yada, yada, yada. If you and like just walking around this giant empty mansion, right? If you go through and read Dan's review, Dan also calls all that out. He just kind of brushes it away to go to the gameplay part of it, which I thought was interesting. Of like, for me, it's a, hung, a hang up, and it broke my immersion. And me wanting, why the fuck would I want to hang these? These are the, the at the end of every mission, you get to make your own little comic cover. Oh. Would I really want to hang that in my room? Would I really want to do that? Like that seems like such a weird system to be in this game, right? And so that's brought up in Dan's review to go a little bit further from it from IGN.com and Dan Stapleton's 8 point, well, 8.0, I was going to say, but 8 out of 10, right? Um, well, I've come to love it. I admit Marvel's Midnight Suns battles did take a while to grow on me. The opening hours are a lot to take in, and at the same time, you're trying to wrap your head around this dramatically different new combat system. You're barraged with what feels like way too many currencies for upgrades and relationships and other stats to manage, and of course, each character's individual deck of cards. Dot, 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 right? And the review goes on. Before you can pay gloss to enable them, though, you have to find those cosmetic items, and most of them come from exploring the grounds around the Midnight Sun's home base, a castle-like building known as the Abbey. I genuinely enjoyed the parallel story that unfolds here, wherein the ghost of Agatha Harkness uh, sends you looking for clues or missing memories for Hunter and Lil's previous thing and retracing the events that led to her own death. It's certainly a major change of pace from the battle, though. That's not always a good thing, because it can feel like a big time sink. There's a lot of aimless wandering alone across a moderately sized maze-like map, which is almost entirely devoid of NPCs of any kind as you search for pieces of a puzzle. During that time, you encounter a few frustrating, or I encountered a few frustrating bugs where items weren't interactable at first or a solution didn't work until I tried it multiple times. Also, while there's a set of four different powers you get that aren't available at all in combat, they aren't used creatively. He's bringing up the words of power as I'm talking about all these different things, right? Uh, the third major part of Midnight Suns is an aggressive befriending of everyone on the team, and it's here that things can become a bit awkward. Uh, we don't get to explore every hero's backstory and what led them to, the journey, to join the Suns, along with interpersonal... Oh, sorry, we do get to explore all that along with interpersonal conflicts, yada, yada, yada. The writing is usually strong and often funny. I don't necessarily agree, but he played way more than me, right? Hmm. And he goes on and on about that, even bringing up the fact of, like, you know, he, which I agree with, too. It's weird that they have all of this uh, befriending, and I want everybody to like me. And he says it's weird to have, you know, that this is a big thing of it, right? But speaking of payoffs, though, it's odd that in a game where we spend so much of our time buttering up a group of mostly attractive people by showering them with compliments and thoughtful gifts suited to their interests and unlocking their swimsuit options. This is all in the game. Wait, this can is I play all real. in a swimsuit? Huh? Can I oh, play- yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> all of these friendships are basically platonic. It's like, it's like mm-hmm. there's so much... 
I, and I, I want to say shit, but I don't mean bad stuff. There are so many ideas yeah. crammed into this game that I think get in the way of playing the game that I'd, want, that I'd actually want to play, which is the thing. And so in the two weeks from this and like talking, thinking about it and going on, right? Because I played a little bit more for PS I Love You that day. I hmm. uh, played two more hours with it, right? But then went on the road. It's a PC. They gave us PC code for review. I wasn't looking at a PC to Chicago, so I haven't had more time to play. Um and I'm on to different reviews, too, of games. I'm in, I may, Maybe I'm enjoying, maybe I'm not. Oh. Uh, anyways, the thing about this, though, right, is, like, I played more of it. Obviously, all the reviewers have played more of it than I have. They're, you know, obviously 75 hours from Dan Stapleton. There's something there. There's something for it. But it's just, like, again, in my two weeks of thinking more and more about this game and why it doesn't work for me, I like the gameplay. I don't like the fat surrounding it. And my mm. thought was of, like, why is it that I need to run around this weird-looking abbey, this empty-looking abbey, this abbey that doesn't seem like a real place? It seems like a video game environment. I come out of my mission. I have to run to the training area, which is a sword in the stone, which I click on to then click on the person I want to train with, to then click on what training I want to do, to then get an image of me, Iron Man and me fighting, and then you got plus three to your Iron Man thing. Why isn't this all in just a menu? Like, you know what I mean? Like, why not strip all of that out? I, you know... Running around the Abbey's grounds and the maze-like thing Dan's talking about was especially for one of my main things. Of like, this feels like a product out of a PS3 game. Of like, I'm running around looking for balls of light, motes of light. Right? It's like this yeah. Agatha Harkness, Harkness's ghost could look cool, but instead she like teleports. So it's like, oh, you don't want to animate a ghost, so you just have the ghost image that then jumps to where it's gonna be. Like, there's all this stuff in there that I think would have been better served to. Hey, I'm Nick Fury. You're in the Midnight Suns. Welcome to, or I'm, you know, whatever. I'm, I'm whoever. I'm Johnny Blaze. You're welcome to the Midnight Suns, right? Here is your. They again, they make you have this weird fucking uh, Stark Tech superhero Twitter. Put it all in an interface and have it be that like I want to hang out with Iron Man, and then we're gonna do this thing, and I see just the stats and the things change and pop, and then I'm back into battle faster. Yeah. But this is, you know, strictly me. Again, gaming opinions, no one's wrong. Uh, clearly, I'm the odd man out here that people really, really dig it. I'm going to be fascinated to see what happens when the gamers get their hand on it and are like, all right, an 8 out of 10 Marvel game. Mm-hmm. Why the fuck am I bird watching right now? What is going... Because, and again, like, I love that shit in Persona. I don't love it here. I don't think that they know. I mean, I, I think the Persona reference is interesting, right? Because that was one of the things I wasn't expecting to see when Jeremy Peel uh, from PC Gamer, right? Like, who knew Sid Meier's protégés had a secret, uh, completely brilliant Persona game in them. And you describing all these different elements, right? All this different stuff that holds back the experience in terms of fat and ideas and content that's in the game that is maybe keeping you from getting to the parts of the game that you might enjoy uh, uh, more so. Yeah. It, it brings me back to playing Persona 5, right? And in that game, you do have this large hub area. You have multiple areas they can run around and explore. But that game also gives you a menu that you can navigate in the way that I think you're talking about, which is you press L1 and you have the you know the notifications that tell you, hey, there's somebody here you can hang out with. And so you can fast travel to them and immediately like start hanging out with them, yeah. right? Like I think if they wanted to create a hub world or this Abbey area, uh, with all these characters there might be a way to do both things at the same time which is run around but also here's a menu also that you can use to boot up the uh boot up this stuff the way you describe it reminds me also of uh fighting games that i played where uh, a lot of fighting games recently have had these online hub areas right you've probably seen it from street fighter 6 where street fighter 6 has like the big arcade that you can walk around and run around um uh, dragon ball fighters had that and that was one of the first fighting games that i, I started playing that like had that kind of thing and i was like what is this why do we have this here why is this not all a menu because it is all right you want to go to arcade mode walk to the back right area of this game to like start it up oh you want to face face a friend get them in the same lobby and then meet up with them and then talk to them it's like a menu destroy the moon i love wandering around environments and getting immersed and i don't know if you're saying that that means i would love this or you're just saying in general 
I do too. But the fact that Marvel's Midnight Suns are these big environment, these environments that I feel are empty and don't look great and don't feel real takes me out of the experience. Mm. But again, the gameplay is good. The gameplay is fun to do. I wish you were getting to it quicker. And again, I'm sure 75 hours in, right? What I pay, I think at preview, I was six or seven hours in, and then I put another hour or two in after that, right? So let's say best case scenario, I'm, I was seven plus or minus, right? Like to 75 hours, I'm sure you're eventually, it is second nature of, Finish the mission. Go to the thing. Click on that thing. Do this thing. Go with that guy. Do this thing. But then are you micromanaging? Are you enjoying it? Is it? Are any of the hangout activities you're doing interesting? Dan calls out the writing and the, the, the things. I thought, again, from the preview I did of it, I thought it was very top level and not like, oh, I really need to get to know this version of Spider-Man. I didn't feel that. But again, multiple hours into the game, there's clearly something here that people are really enjoying. I want to bring in a question from Adam Gumby, who writes in economy.com slash KFGD, just like you can for free, and says, with reviews hitting this morning, are you shocked by the love Midnight Suns is getting? As a Firaxis fan, I had hoped it would be great, but was curious how KF's crew felt seeing the rest of the industry like it more than y'all seemed to during the, re- the preview period. Uh, and this I find interesting because I, I think I'm with you that this is what I expected from like Metacritic and reviews, especially like reading through other previews, seeing how other people felt about it. Uh, I think the scores is getting uh, it's getting makes sense, but it makes me wonder how much I'm going to be into it if I give it, give yeah. it a shot. I think for me personally, as somebody who likes Marvel, but somebody who typically doesn't uh, gravitate towards strategy titles, it's one that I'm still in the middle of, especially hearing you talk about it. Because you were originally the one during the preview period that dissuaded me from from wanting to give it a shot. Because Raj I, too, I, remember Raj came in. Yeah. I'm not a crazy person. Roger didn't. Li- it was like I know this ain't it. But all all the things that you identified were things that I de- I identified with as well in terms of oh yeah I wouldn't like that I wouldn't like that I wouldn't like that right yeah. like the way the, the way in which you feel about the game are ways that I I could see myself feeling feeling that way even if a lot of the core gameplay is good right like I, it's, it seems like something where if you're a big XCOM fan or you like these kind of strategy games you might be able to get you might be willing to give it more of a shot than somebody who might come in and be like all right, I just want a Marvel story or I want to, I want a game that I can play in a more laid back manner because I'm a, I'm a Marvel fan. I want to experience these characters. And I, I fit into like that latter case of I'm not a big strategy person, but I do like Spider-Man. I do like these characters and it'd be cool to exist in the Marvel world. But oh man, it's how many hours? I mean, I don't know if I have that in me, especially when The Witcher 3 is about to get remastered, right? And I kind of want to play that. I want to play Pentiment still. I Callisto Protocol is coming out. Crisis Core is coming. I have so many fucking games. Yeah. Uh, and so I look at these reviews and I'm like, hell yeah, good for Marvel's Midnight Suns. I don't know if it's enough for me, right? I don't know if it's one that I'm going to stop uh, uh, my slate of games for, but I am happy for the people that are happy about this game being good, right? Because yeah, for sure. That's what you want at the end of the day is for people to, uh, to enjoy games. And that's the big thing about it, right? Where it's like, yeah, you know, people in uh, the internet, uh, that exists in the internet uh, oftentimes want us all to pit each other against each other right where mm-hmm. so it was today I, i'm getting the tweets like, oh, oh great you see this review you didn't and i'm like yeah that, that's awesome i am glad that dan liked this game i am glad that the, the majority of people like this game i'm happy for firaxis every developer who makes the game i want to be a 10 out of 10 i want it to be loved i want people to enjoy it when i don't like it i'm like oh that sucks like, oh, I, yeah. I don't not like, like no, things. Right? Right? You must fight everybody who How likes it you. now. Like, it's just my personal opinion that for me, the things I would want out of this experience that surround good gameplay just are enough that I'm like, oh, like even because that's my thing. I'm like, well, now it's coming. Maybe I play it on PlayStation. Maybe I try it. I'm like, oh, do I really want to do those six hours again of like having to run around and talk to people? And I'm like, well, I could skip it all and I could just get the bonuses. But then it's like, well, then why the fuck am I playing it, right? Like, I mm-hmm. like I like being in a Marvel world. I like interacting with the characters. I want that. Yeah. And to the, the part in uh, Adam's question, right, where he asked, you know, was curious how the KF's crew felt with, with the rest of the industry liking more than, uh, than y'all seem to, right? As a reminder for people with reviews, right? Reviews, 
the point of our reviews and our review scale as well isn't to try and accurately predict what the Metacritic score is going to be, right? I don't give something a four out of five thinking like, oh man, I'm giving it a four out of five because I think it's going to be an 80 on Metacritic. It is, no, I'm giving it a four out of five because I think this is a four out of five so. game, yeah. right? So when Greg reviews a game and he's like, or Greg previews a game and he's like, I personally didn't enjoy this as much, right? That's not him being like, that's not him being wrong. That's him being, that's him having his own opinion on a thing. I think that's the thing. Well, this is always the fun part, right? This is always the fun part. Oh, you guys are so homogenous. Nobody ever has a different opinion. I have a different opinion. And either it's fuck you or oh, you want to fight everybody, huh? Like, no, I'm just telling you what I thought. 1000%. Let's get into story number two. The Super Mario Brothers movie gets its release date. This is Reed de Alessandria at gamesindustry.biz. The Super Mario Brothers movie will be releasing in several territories at the end of March 2023, ahead of a second wave of releases in the first week of April. As reported by VGC, Universal Pictures confirmed yesterday that the upcoming Nintendo and Illumination movie will be, re will be releasing as early as March 22nd, 2023 in Belgium. On March 23rd, it will release in Switzerland before Austria uh, and Sweden on March 24th and France on March 29th. Most of South America will see the film release on March 30th, same as Australia, New Zealand, and the UK. Oi! On April 6th, the Super Mario Brothers movie will launch in the rest of South America and Italy before U.S. release on April 7th. A dagger to my heart. Why <laughs> I are we getting it last? I have to wait. Lame. Oh, Barry, you know not, why? We're not getting it last. You know what you did. We're not. Let me we're tell not you. We're not getting it last. Finally, it'll launch in Japan on April twenty seventh. What? My birthday. Could you imagine? Why are they getting? It last? <laughs> why are they getting? Like, uh, Japan has way more of a reason to be mad at this because it's like, yo. Y'all made Super Mario. <laughs> and this isn't unique to this movie. Like, uh, this isn't unique to this movie. I feel like uh, territory releases never make sense to me when it comes to movies. Yeah, it makes me a little bit sad because I'm gonna have to like watch all these people in Europe enjoy Mario. Like, I get it, he's Italian, but still, like. Oh man, it's gonna it's gonna hurt watching y'all enjoy this before I get to it. Uh, and the article ends saying the film was initially due to release around Christmas 2022, but it was pushed back to spring 2023 earlier this year. Greg, you mentioned that you had watched the trailer last night. Yeah. What are your overall thoughts on it? I mean, God, it looks gorgeous, right? It looks like a fun movie. Like I, you know, I, what I was talking about in the Gregway ride is like, you know, I me, mean, I'm a Sega kid. I love this this joke. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm a Sega kid, so it's like you know, I don't have any, I don't have that nostalgia connection to Mario. But like I, you know, I love a good Mario game, and so this looks cool. Yeah. Like, well, would, would I rush to the theater to see it? No, but I don't rush to the theater. Theater. To you're see not going to right? fly to Belgium. If I, don't, <laughs> <laughs> if, if Nintendo's like, you want to come to Belgium? I'm like, yeah, get me a waffle. Let's go. Let's go. Uh, uh, but no, it's like, yeah, I'll, I, it looks cool. It looks, you know, if if I got to in review it, I'm in. And eventually, I'll watch it on demand. You're not going to watch it in theater. I wouldn't. I this wouldn't be something I would set a date for. Wow. Unless, of course, we have to do it for work, then I'll okay. do it. But you know what I mean. But it's like. I, I, but that's just me with movies that are like, whatever. I still haven't seen Sonic 2. Oh, you're fucking I up, like Greg. Sonic 1 a lot. You're messing up, Greg. I know. It's streaming on Paramount Plus, I think. Oh, also, well, you man. didn't pop for this at the end where they come out with their Mario Karts and they land on Rainbow Road. That's cool. Greg. I did. I, I, but I didn't, I didn't pop like him and Tim did. You see? Fuck! Uh, I want to bring in this question from Nano. Like who, you turned a little Italian there. <laughs> I did turn a little Italian. Uh, just like Mario. Mario's a little Italian. Uh, I want to bring in this Very question. Very little. <laughs> Very little. I want to bring in this question from Nano, who writes in a cottonfunny.com. So it's KFGD again, just like you can, for free. And says, so we got the new Mario movie trailer yesterday. And and are you concerned about how ambitious they are trying to be with this movie? 84-ish minutes is not enough time, in my opinion, to have a good movie that also features everything they showed yesterday. Like Smash, like, a, like Smash Bros, a 2D Mario-level obstacle course, power suits, Mario Kart, maybe a Mario Sport or two, maybe a post-credit scene, and more. I'm excited and got hyped about all the fan service, similar to you guys during your reacts. But the more I think about it, the more it feels like this movie may be more hollow as well as maybe more hollow as well as more quote look Mario game references. 
look, Mario games reference Mario fans, end quote. Thanks, Nano. Greg, do you think this movie is biting off more than it can chew? No, I think it's a it's a movie that's designed for kids and the young at heart. And so I don't think it has to go through and explain every power suit, smash reference, whatever the hell it's going to be. And so I think you can get in there, do it, and those references are there. Will they be hollow? Will they be flushed out? I think the fact that you all pop the way you popped for it shows that you're into it. You want it. That's what you want out of that thing. And I think that, like why they're racing on rainbow road right or why they're doing the smash thing or you know what why you know i think it's going to be fun and going and i think there is like anything else we do that we have nostalgia or care for where it's like if you want to know oh that's a cool reference to this or that well you can tell somebody about it but like do we need to really drive home that oh man those are the fish from the game and you had to do this like yeah that's my thing is i don't think people are looking for is the mario lore so deep to it people are looking for narrative depth out of this mario movie i think people are just looking for a good time a good time in a kid's movie and like i think 84 minutes is a perfect amount of time i hate longer movies dude i hate when movies are like three hours long like the only movie that's allowed to be three hours long is endgame oh that's it like titanic I guess, yeah, sure. Come on, that was a masterpiece. Yeah, but I don't want to go back and rewatch Titanic again. Oh, you're missing out. That's too long. If it was an hour and a half, maybe I'd go. Somebody cut the movie in half, so I'll go back and rewatch Titanic. You can do. I'll I'll give you Titanic one and two. Yeah. Oh my God. It's not the cliffhanger. Iceberg right ahead. Credits. The Titanic will return. People are saying, "Lord, it's a reason I'm not watching Lord of the Rings." Dude, Lord of the Rings. It's the link. That's why I decide. That's why I do. I'm not watching Lord of the Rings. Uh, Somebody said Avatar. I've not seen Avatar either. Avatar. Get out of here with these three-hour long movies. God damn it. There's a reason I haven't seen Batman v Superman, the new cut, or no, not Batman v Superman. Justice League. The uh, oh Snyder Cut. Snyder Cut Justice League. So you have watched the Batman v Superman Ultimate Cut then. I've not seen the ultimate cut. Remember, no. I almost had Honestly, you said You always made me as watch someone it. Someone who's a naysayer. It's pretty good. It's pretty uh, good somebody cut. said Wakanda Forever. That was less than three hours, though. That was like that slightly. Was close, though. It was real close, yeah. Okay, there's two movies that are allowed to be that long <laughs> it's Endgame and Wakanda well, Forever. Well, how about this then? How about you just make a uh, Marvel movie's allowed to be that long? But not all Marvel movies. But they're yeah. allowed to be. They they're allowed have to be. to be. Yes. They're okay. not, it's not a requirement. Yeah. But I'm saying, like, if Ant Man, actually, no, because Jonathan Majors is going to be in that one. Yeah, okay, yeah, no, I'll stick by it. Yeah, Marvel movies are allowed to be three hours long. Fair I'll enough. sit three Fair hours enough. for that. Fair enough. Yeah, for a kid's movie, that's going to be uh, an hour and 20 minutes. Yeah, an hour and 20 minutes. That's perfect. That's perfect. And yeah, like, it, it, you're, you're telling me we're getting everything we saw in that trailer within an hour and 20 minute span? That means this shit is about to be jam-packed, and even that makes me more excited. Cool. Go from reference to reference. Show me all this shit. And I... This trailer is the trailer that keeps on giving, Greg. Okay. Because the more I look at it, the more I analyze it, the more I look at the posters that they've been dropping, the character posters. They had one character poster for... It's like the idea of you at home at night with like the big magnifying glass analyzing. Yeah. <laughs> like right here, right here, Barrett has brought up the trailer again. I'm about to get in my um, uh, rewind theater mode okay. that we did for screencast yesterday. But like Mario walks into the Kong Coliseum here, right, where he's about to fight Donkey Kong. And you look in the background, you look at all the Kongs, right? Like... Look how cool this looks. When you see Peach sitting next to presumably Cranky Kong, it's like, dude, how cool is that? There's a the Donkey Kong poster uh, where they tweeted out and they said it's on, which is a great reference, yeah, right? Yeah. It's on like Donkey Kong. But then you zoom in and you see Diddy Kong and I think Dixie Kong sitting in the background is cheering Dixie on. Is Dixie Kong the one you want to have sex with or is that a different Kong? Uh, I don't want to have sex with any any of them. Uh, Barrett wants to have sex with Candy Kong. My apologies. Yeah, Candy Kong. I don't, I don't think that's exactly what I said. But, Close enough. Right. It's fine. Don't worry. All right. All right. It notes. might have been a different one. I'm I sorry. think to get to the core of it, I think there can be a lot of references for us who have grown up with all of these games and we can get a lot out of it without it detracting from the story that they're telling that'll be fun for kids. You yeah, because the story is basic, right? Bowser's up to some nefarious shit. He's kidnapped Luigi, which is a great twist on, uh, instead of him kidnapping Bowser, uh, Peach. I love that. Uh, we got to go save Luigi with the Mushroom Kingdom. That was a great joke there, too, of like, 
Why would I know the guy just because he dressed exactly like and have yeah. <laughs> So yeah, I have I have uh, no worries about this. Is it gonna be the best movie ever? Probably not. Who knows? Possibly. And, like it looks really great, but you know, will it be better than Sonic? Honestly, I think it'll be better than Sonic. Yeah. I this looks way better than Sonic, <laughs> and I love Sonic. But look at this. Come on. Sure. This looks fantastic, and so I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it too. Eventually. Greg, yeah. speaking of Nintendo, story number three, Nintendo shuts down the Smash World Tour without any warning. Boo! Boo! This is Jess Weatherbed at The Verge. The Smash World Tour has announced that both the upcoming championship tour- tournament and the 2023 Smash World Tour have been canceled after Nintendo demanded the event organizers cease operations without any warning. As reported by Kotaku, the third-party event was one of the largest fighting game co- competitions in the esports scene. Quote, in 2022 alone, we connected over 6,400 live events worldwide with over 325,000 in-person entrants, making the Smash World Tour the largest esports tour in history for any game title, said Smash World Tour in a statement addressing the shutdown. Quote, the championships would also have, have had the largest prize pool in Smash history at over $250,000. The championship was due to take place between December 9th and 11th, with tournament organizers receiving notice of the shutdown the night before Thanksgiving. Despite Nintendo having allegedly offered the event a licensing agreement in November last year, the offer came up just after the Japanese uh, Japanese gaming giant announced the Panda Cup, uh, its only officially its only officially licensed tournament circuit for Super Smash Brothers in partnership with esports brand Panda. Nintendo made it clear that Panda's partnership was not exclusive. Quote. They made it clear that Panda's partnership was not exclusive, and they said it it, it had not gone unnoticed that that we and this is again the World, Smash World Tour people talking. Uh, not gone unnoticed that we had not infringed on their IP regarding game modifications and had pre- represented Nintendo's values well, says the open letter from SWT, which claims Nintendo was being consistently straightforward, transparent, and direct in answering the team's questions at the time. The statement goes on to accuse Alan Bunny, uh, Panda CEO and co-founder of Sabotage, claiming he discouraged Smash World Tour 2022 tournament organizers by falsely informing them that the event was being shut down and that any events that participated in the Panda Cup would not be allowed to be on the Smash World Tour. In a statement to Kotaku responding to the SWT's uh, open open letter, Nintendo said, quote, Unfortunately, after continuous conversations with Smash World Tour, and after giving the same deep consideration we apply to any potential partner, we were unable to come to an agreement with SWT for a full circuit in 2023. Nintendo did not request any changes to or cancellation of remaining events in 2022, including the 2022 championship event, considering the negative impact on the players who were already planning to participate, end quote. Given the company's aggressive copyright enforcement, this isn't the first time Nintendo has forced grassroots competitions using its games to stop operating, having similarly shut down a Super Smash Bros. tournament in 2020. Nintendo also notably ordered Evo, the world's largest fighting game tournament, to shut down a planned Melee event in 2013 before reversing the decision. The Smash World Tour said it will lose hun- hundreds of thousands of dollars as a result of the shutdown, but reassures all attendees of the canceled events that they will be issued full refunds. Goddamn. That sucks. That's a lot to digest, and yes, it's terrible. I hate it. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's one of those ones that comes back to the weird Nintendo decisions of, like, you're the only company that does this this way, right? The only Wendy's. gaming company. In, in the way that, you know, Street, uh, Capcom lets people have fun with Street Fighter, right? Like, uh, uh, what, what, I forget the name of the developer. The Guilty Gear developers, let Arc System Works. Arc System Works lets people have fun with Guilty Gear, right? Like, NetherRealm lets people do whatever they want with the I mean, expand out from this, that. right? It's also the whole thing where Nintendo was the ones on YouTube, right, who were like, we're starting on creator program. You have to join yeah. or you can't put up Nintendo shit. Like, they do a whole bunch of stuff that I don't want to say is anti-fan, anti-content creator, I guess. 
in a time where so many other companies and publishers are bending over backwards to try to support content creation communities. Let's go. Let's see what it is. But Nintendo wants to own their IP and control their message so much that they do stuff like this that would make them look like would make an EA look even worse. You know, everyone yeah. wants to dunk on EA and be horrible about that, blah, 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 but it's Nintendo. And so they've been very straight about what they want and where they're going to go. What sucks when you read this one, right? is the fact that uh, they were working with Nintendo, right? They had had these yeah. conversations with the them. Thing it that seemed like they were all in the up and up. And then just one day, the day before Thanksgiving, right? Yeah. SWT Nintendo's gets like, the letter. actually, no, we don't want to do this anymore. Right. And who knows? Maybe it is the partnership with Panda. Maybe it is just Nintendo being like, actually, let's control this because we're Nintendo. Right. And we love to have, complete ownership over what we do and what then uh, we're just we're just so precious with our products right i think that's the thing with nintendo that makes them hard to work with right whether it is yeah the youtube stuff where it is you've seen uh youtube accounts that um i forget the name of the accounts but there was like accounts that uploaded like the nintendo soundtracks because nintendo makes it so difficult if you want to listen to nintendo music for some reason right like they go after youtube accounts um uh, that upload the soundtracks take them down right they had a nintendo creator pr program um you know they go after this stuff way harder than any any other company seemingly in our industry. Um, you know, like in this, and it's both confusing and upsetting. You know, confusing from the side of this seems like it would benefit Nintendo, right? Why not make it easier for people to do, to run tournaments in Smash, right? That's going to be good for promo of the game. That's going to be good for longevity of the game. I don't think that a healthy hardcore audience for Smash is only going to make things better for Smash, especially if you want to put out more Smash games in the future. It's confusing from that aspect. It's upsetting because it leads to things like this, right? The Smash World Tour being one of the bigger, they mentioned here, right? The biggest esports tour um, uh, happening right now, right? Having that shut down is a is a blow to esports and especially to the fighting game side of esports, which I think needs a lot more support, right? And should have the support of Smash Brothers, which is one of the most profitable fighting games out, out there. Sure. It's just upsetting all around that Nintendo kind of has this, this chokehold on this side of the industry and like you know, of course, Smash is their their thing. They have the right to do it. Yep. It just sucks in the way that they're enforcing. It's it. back to the thing too of like they just don't need it. You're talking about how you know you think this would encourage more Smash players and you know uh, proliferate Smash. It doesn't need it. Like they don't. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like it, they're Doc Ock, right? They're trying to pull the. Pl you can't pull the plug on Smash. It's going. It's it's doing yeah. its own thing. And so that's the thing of they want to own it. They want to do it, and they want to curate this image, right, of what Nintendo is, and that Nintendo has that official seal. And I think as you look at like them about to launch this Super Mario movie we're looking at, right? And really take Mario and Nintendo to a new generation and really break through, I think, to a more mainstream audience. Like, they want to make sure they're on the up and up and control everything that is Nintendo. And that is is their right, as you've said, and, and is very much their right. It just does suck in terms of where everybody else is and what we're all trying to do, I mm -hmm. think, in playing games or sharing them online. Ladies and gentlemen, the championships would have had the largest prize pool in history in Smash history at over two hundred fifty thousand dollars. You want to make us some more money over here, kindoffunny.com. Ah, <laughs> go to Patreon.com/slash kindoffunnygames where you can go and get the show ad free. And speaking of ads, let us tell you about our sponsors. Shout out to Mint Mobile for sponsoring this episode. This holiday season, the best deal in wireless can only be found at Mint Mobile. Right now, when you switch to Mint Mobile and buy any three-month plan, you'll get another three months for free. Mint Mobile lets you order and activate from home with eSIM while saving tons on phone plans starting at just $15 a month. I've had my mom using Mint Mobile long before this holiday deal, and I have to say, now is the perfect time to switch. All plans come with unlimited talk and text and high-speed data delivered on the nation's 
largest 5G network. Use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and switch easily and effortlessly with eSIM. Or if you need a new device for a limited time, get six months of free service when you buy a select device and plan. For a limited time, buy any three-month Mint Mobile plan and get three more months free by going to mintmobile.com slash kinda funny. That's mintmobile.com slash kinda funny. Cut your wireless bill to $15 a month at mintmobile.com slash kinda funny. What's the first thing you do when you wake up? Is it checking up on your credit score? I don't think so. At Chime, that's exactly what they do. With their secure Chime Credit Builder Visa credit card, you can start to build credit with your own money. Their members see an increase of 30 points on average. So start your credit journey with Chime. Sign up takes only two minutes and doesn't affect your credit score. Get started at Chime.com slash KF Games. That's Chime.com slash KF Games. The Chime Credit Builder Visa credit card is issued by Stride Bank NA pursuant to a license from Visa USA Chime checking account and $200 qualifying direct deposit required to apply for the secured Chime Credit Builder Visa credit card. Regular on-time payment history can have a positive impact on your credit score. Impact to score may vary and some user scores may not improve. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal fees may apply except at MoneyPass ATMs at 7-Eleven or any all-point or Visa Plus Alliance ATM. So again, start your credit journey with Chime. Sign up takes only two minutes and doesn't affect your credit score. Get started at Chime.com slash KF Games. That's Chime.com slash KF Games. Shout out to Shady Rays for sponsoring this episode. Look how cool I look. You too can look this cool without breaking the bank this holiday season. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that gives you the features of $200 shades for a fraction of the price and a fraction of that price during their biggest Black Friday sale ever. The best part about Shady Rays is their insane protection program featuring lost and broken replacements. If you lose or break your shades on day one, they told us that they will send you a brand new pair, no questions asked. Dropped in the lake, off a cliff, anything. If you get the wrong style for yourself or someone else, no need to worry. Avoid the hassle and the forced thank yous with free 30-day exchanges and returns. You will either love the shades or Shady Rays will pay to ship them back. Act now for the best Black Friday selection. Redeem only at ShadyRays.com where you can find all their newest and best shades. Redeem only at ShadyRays.com where you can find all their newest and best shades. Big moment. Are you looking at your Spotify reps? Ah, I was wondering if X-Cast could crack the top podcast for me. It couldn't. Instead, number one, Death, Sex, and Money. Number two, This American Life. Number three, Hideo Kojima presents Brain Structure. Wow. Number four, Kind of Funny Games Daily. And number five, The Kind of Funny X-Cast. Hey, where was Brain Structure online? Hey, X-Cast. Not a real fan. That's where it was. My only count, my only, mine only counted the top three podcasts. But maybe, I guess I am really behind on Brain Structure. I only listened to a couple episodes. I need yeah. to get back to it. Okay. Maybe I had to listen to a certain number I wonder if Apple Podcast does... Uh, does a thing a rap? shows your yeah They're not cool it, enough Apple over there music Apple. does it Apple music does it for music but. is Instagram gonna figure it out this year and give me a top nine remember you had to use another program then last year they broke yeah. that program and then it was they didn't have it anymore oh that's upsetting do you have more more than nine posts on Instagram in a year? Because <laughs> I don't I think do. I do. I try. I I, I, do I think I have year. like maybe three posts a year. I'm very bad at using Instagram because I still don't know what to put on there. Well, if you just enjoy it, you're not bad at it. You don't have, you don't have to do anything with it. Everybody, I mean, everybody should follow me Instagram.com slash Game Over Greg. It's That's my thing. Is up. I put, I put things on my story. Well, like on I know my, Jen does. For the Jen post, rarely po- posts in feed, but does stories all the time. Like my posts feel like they have to be quality yeah there's like a pressure for the post this is why you yelled at me last time when i put the photo of me and roger yes. in, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, 
I can't believe you put it to your post. Because it's a little memory to make you guys mad. But to the post? Yeah, what do I care? That's an extra level of fucked up. Story number four, uh, speaking of fucked up, Elden Ring developers open up about crunch. Uh, This comes from Logan Plant at IGN. Elden Ring is one of the biggest video game success stories of 2022, but now its developer from software is making headlines due to rumors of crunch and how low pay as uh, in low pay at its development studio. From software's latest title earned widespread critical acclaim and its quality has been reflected in, in the sales charts as well. The game broke into the mainstream in a big way, having one of the biggest game launches on YouTube ever. Unfortunately, like so many wildly successful AAA video game titles, it didn't take long for conversations of crunch, long overtime hours, and low salaries to surround developer from software. The discourse began in March, shortly after Elden Ring's release. First spotted by The Gamer, it turns out that a handful of From Software employees were turning, turning to a Japanese job, bo- job board called Career Connection to discuss poor working conditions and low pay. For context, Career Connection is essentially a Japanese version of Glassdoor, where current and former employees uh, can leave reviews uh, of their employer to inform potential future applicants about working conditions at a company. The reviews of From Software left on Career Connection ranged from 2012 to 2019, with From Software's employee satisfaction rating sitting at a 2.6 out of 5 stars. Employee reviews cite low compensation for the workload, 40 months of overtime per month, no maternity leave, and more. Now, months after folks started to notice the reviews of poor conditions at From Software, GameStudio.biz has revealed more stories from From Software employees uh, about what it's like to work at the Elden Ring developer. According to the report, multiple sources said there is, in fact, some level of crunching at From Software. The extent of the crunch at the studio seems to vary from department to department. One of GamesIndustry.biz's sources said they, have barely, they barely had to work any overtime. Another said, quote, during critical periods of game releases, I often had to work early mornings and overtime for two to three months, end quote. One source claimed that overtime wages are only, are only half of their usual hourly rate, which differs from most Japanese companies where hourly wages usually increase in the late hours. From software employees also spoke about low pay at the studio. One source said their, quote, salary is not adequate, end quote, and added that their coworkers felt the same. According to the data on Career Connection, the average ad- annual income for a, f- uh, for a From Software employee is 3.41 million yen, which comes out to just under 25,000 US dollars. It is worth noting that the yen is very weak to the dollar compar- uh, comparatively right now, so that direct conversion from yen to USD may not be entirely representative of the employee's comp- compensation. <clears throat> However, From Software operates in Tokyo, where the cost of living is higher than most other places in Japan. Even with some negative accounts, other From Software employees said working at the studio has been a great experience. One employee even likened it to From Software's own Dark Souls, saying, quote, there's a lot of struggle to get things right, but if you get over the hump, it is very satisfying. <laughs> it's just like you defeated a boss in Dark Souls, end quote. Greg, if somebody described a place to work at as similar to Dark Souls, would I'd you? be like, I'll be homeless. See you later. <laughs> I'm not doing that. I'd be like, yo, let's go. I'm down. Yeah, right. Listen, if it's like Elden Ring, can I explore? Can I explore my workplace? Run some bosses? Uh, fight this, them? <laughs> this task is going to be too tough, so I'm going to go and work on the other task, and then hopefully I'll be leveled up and ready for I'll just grind for a while. I'll just grind. I'll yeah, just grind. Yeah. This sucks. Of course. But it's also like, reading through this, it feels analogous to so many of the stories we hear in the industry in terms yeah. of, oh yeah, it changes from department to department. Uh, it is in periods of game releases where I'm working early hours into overtime, right? And like, it seems like it's one of those ones where everybody has a different story, which is one of those difficult ones to nail down in terms of what is the actual actual culture there? What is the actual environment like? It does suck, though, that it seems like there's at least a handful of people that are like, oh, yeah, crunch is pretty bad here. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that's the whole crux of the issue. 
right? Is like as cr- uh, crunch continues to get wrestled within the industry, and you know people try to smack it down, and we see more and more uh, AAA developers, at least on the Western side, talking about it, right? Of like the game is out, and we didn't crunch on it, we didn't do this on it, and you see more uh, the world being more open to delays. There's the hope that that's better, right? I think it all comes down to you know for me reading through this, right? You can say crunch, and what you're talking about is that well. Is it this? Is it that? It was this department. It was just this. It was an early morning, blah, blah, blah. Crunch is such a nebulous term that it's hard to go. I think the more uh, crystallized fact here is the 2.6 out of 5, right? Like, mm-hmm. that that's the satisfaction of the employees working there that did this, and this is not everybody, and yada, yada, yada. We're not there. We don't speak the language. There's a million things going on. But it really is the idea that we want the people who are making our games to be rewarded for that, right? Whether that is a livable wage, whether it is maternity leave, which you think you should have, but I don't know cultural differences and what the laws are in Japan by any stretch of the imagination. It is really just the fact that I always hate these stories and thinking about this game that brought so many people so much joy could be on the other side of it. Something that was this Herculean effort that really wore people down and worked on that hurt their families into that. And you so hope that from software takes care of their employees. You know what I mean? And if it is a 2.6, they actually stop and make the move to try to get that number up. Yeah. I think that's, you mentioned it being like the crystallized thing there. I think the other thing uh, for me is the, the overtime rate, right. Sure. Being uh, less than what the hourly rate is. Right. Whereas the standard in Japan seemingly is that the overtime rate is actually pretty, is actually more uh, than what you're making for from software who just released Elden Ring right at the top of the year, which is one of the best selling games of the last few years. Uh, you would hope that they're able to up, uh, uh, up the um, or give their employees raises, right? You would think sure. that they're able to pay them more because I, I in this report I edited out because there's the it went on long, but uh, Bay Namco after the success of Elden Ring, I believe were giving their employees raise, raises based on the success that's of great. that. You would hope that that's happening at From Software as well, right? Because that is a it is a jump, right? Like they are a different company now after Elden Ring, just in terms of revenue and in terms of how good that game is, um, or how well that di- that game did. Uh, and so you would you would hope that uh, they're able to compensate their employees better in that case. Story number five. Some good news. Sonic Frontiers has gotten a 2023 roadmap. Let's freaking go. This comes from Brian <laughs> Shea at Game Informer. A three out of five that you love like it's a five out of five. One thousand percent. I cannot wait to play the content of this roadmap. Uh, when Sonic Frontiers came out at the start of November, it received one of the better receptions from fans and critics of any 3D <laughs> Sonic the Hedgehog title. Today, Sonic Team gave a glimpse into how it, how it plans to expand Sonic Frontiers throughout 2023 through a content roadmap. The Sonic Frontiers 2023 content shows off a series of feature content updates to the game. The three updates will roll out to players of Sonic Frontiers over the course of 2023 at no additional cost. No, while no timeline is given, it's probably safe to assume that Update 2 will hit sometime around June 2023, given that June is the, June is the anniversary of the franchise and one of the key parts of the update is simply listed as Sonic's Birthday. Though there's there's no indication of what that means. <laughs> However, before that all kicks off, players can expect a free holiday, a holiday cheer suit DLC uh, for Sonic to sport as he runs through Star, Starfall Islands. The free DLC arrives on December 21st. Blessing, who's this floating child in Update 3? The floating child? Oh, yeah. that's... I don't want to... Uh, I'm not going to... That's from the game. That's from it's this from, game. It's from Frontiers. I'll just say it. That's Eggman's daughter. What? <laughs> yeah. Someone talk? fucked Eggman? <laughs> I, don't I, don't, I don't know if that happened. What's I think... less believable? Someone fucked Eggman or someone fucked Palpatine? I believe right, it's an adopted daughter situation. Okay, I think he made okay, I'm okay. pretty sure he made that girl in a lab. <laughs> okay. Like he makes everything else in a lab. That exactly. Makes sense. That that lines up. Okay. Uh the updates look like this, right? So in update one, you're getting jukebox, photo <laughs> mode, and new challenge modes. Uh in update two, Sonic's birthday, <laughs> open zone challenge, new Coco. 
And then update three. Gotta save him. <laughs> gotta Where's save Coco? Where's someone help Coco? <laughs> in update three, you're getting uh, new playable characters and a new story, which I'm excited about. Hopefully that means you're getting What does Tales jukebox mean? That's Play some music. Just, music. I imagine right. that you're just, yeah, maybe it's a mode where you get you can to change, to the Yeah, songs. you can change up the music you listen to. Yeah. Okay. Update three appears as though it will not, it will be the most substantial as, as uh, it not only promises new story elements, but also additional playable characters. While it's not confirmed, the image sure seems to hint that those playable characters will be Tails, Knuckles, and Amy, though those character images could certainly be more closely tied to the story aspect of that update. Hell yeah. You excited, Greg? I still want to play. This is still locked and loaded on my PlayStation 5 for when I'm through these reviews to jump in and try. And that makes me excited. Yeah, we'll see. And, you know, I, you know who knows if it'll click or not. But like I had said from the start, right, like I liked what I had seen from those previews. I like the idea of it. And I think it might be a fun one of especially, you know, no gun to my head to review it or anything else at that matter, uh, running around and seeing what's up with it. Right. And just like, OK, cool. Let's explore. Let's go there. Let's chase this thing. Well, you know, I don't know. So the DLC it doesn't do much for me, but it, hopefully I like the actual game when I jump into it. But I'm glad it's there for you, and I'm glad they're taking care of fans like you. Yeah. yeah I'm, I mean, I'm, I was a little bit surprised to see this roadmap. I was not expecting a roadmap for this video game. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I, li- I like that they're updating it. I like that they, ha- they have a plan for a new story and new playable characters. And it's one that, when I look at the impressions of it online, I've most- I mostly seen Sonic fans react to this game. And Sonic fans really like this game. I've not looked in to see how non-Sonic fans like this game. So I don't know what that um consensus is so i'm curious to see if you enjoy it or not but hey at least at least there's a group of us we're out there that actually absolutely love sonic there frontiers are dozens of us there are dozens, dozens of us and for sonic fans it's way more than dozens there's a lot of us uh story number six todd howard's indiana jones game is a unique mash mashup of different genres this is ryan dinsdale at ign the upcoming Indiana Jones game executive produced by Bethesda's Todd Howard will be a unique mashup of different genres. Speaking to Lex Friedman on the latest episode of his podcast, Howard denied to comment on which one genre machine games Indiana Jones would be, instead saying it was a blend of different things. Hey, what genre is it? I'm not telling I'm you. I'm not telling I you, I refuse. No comment. <laughs> when asked if it will be an action-adventure game, Howard said, quote, I will just say it's a mashup. It's unique. It isn't one thing. It's a messy mashup. It's a messy mashup. And intentionally, so it does it does a lot of different things that myself and folks at Machine Games have wanted to do in a game. So it's a unique thing, end quote. Very little has been said about Indiana Jones since Bethesda announced it in January 2021. It is confirmed to have an original story, at least some of which is set in 1937 and probably in the Vatican City, meaning it's somewhere between Raiders of the Lost Ark and Indiana Jones in the Last Crusade. Greg... Yeah. When I tell you that I forgot Todd Howard was executive leading this game. I saw it go through the chat. Somebody forgot they were even making this game. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's like, oh, right. There's just so many games announced right now, let alone so many things imminent, let alone Starfield. If we're going to talk about Bethesda and Todd Howard and yada, yada, yada. Uh, yeah. Okay. Cool. This is definitely one of those, like, yeah, I wouldn't even bother asking Todd Howard about this now because they're not going to talk about it. When you put out a teaser trailer, trailer that vague, we're so early on the marketing train that it's like, all right, yeah. we'll get there when we get there. I'm, I'm interested like you know i like i like uh, i like bethesda games i like todd howard games let's see what this is going to be let's see and machine games of course machine so game, talented course. right uh and have the ip of indiana jones all right i do like the idea that it's something unique it's different it's a mashup like okay cool like i think when we sit there and we were to envision an indiana jones game you're just thinking of uncharted right yeah and which so, makes me think when he says mashup i still think of uncharted right because like uncharted can go from hey we're we have walking sequences like the beginning of uncharted oh, man, 4 walking. where you're in the jail like walking around like doing stuff to then like all right beat him up like <laughs> you know uh action into climbing into imagine, up, imagine up. if yeah neil Druckmann came out he's talking about uncharted 4 he's like it's a mashup of genres there's walking <laughs> 
punching, walking, and punching, shooting. And shooting. <laughs> Did I mention rope swings and everybody My in the crowd? Like, My favorite genre. It's a strand game. He like pulls out a grappling hook. He's like, "No, I've been wondering about a little guy like this for a while." <laughs> well, you think it's gonna be like a what? It's gonna go from a Indiana Jones two D platformer to then like being an RPG. What I find interesting game? about it is like you know for machine games and their lineage, like I wouldn't be surprised. What like, is it third person? Is it first person? Like I would think you know machine games. Obviously the Wolfenstein stuff, the you know, first person shooter. Are they going to do a first person Indiana Jones game? Because again, I would just think Uncharted, right? But yeah. if it's a mashup of different things, maybe it is something where we're going between it for different reasons. And uh, they, they found success uh, with the recent Wolfenstein games. Like even though you're a first person uh, in first person view, right? Like they make BJ really oh, a, a, yeah. a livable sure. character. It's character driven so, for sure. So that's something that they could pull off. Like even though like you that's a good call. Would think you would want to do third person to show off indie all the time. Like they could pull that off in first person for sure. My question is, right, this was announced in January 2021. If you assume that's early development, oh. right, or pre-production, yeah. where the fuck is Wolfenstein 3? Oh. Are we getting where Wolfenstein 3? Like, no. No, you're not. Am I, is, is the the next juice theme? has been squeezed. It's not, though, because there's, not, there's more left in the story. story. There's more left in the story. Like, don't tell me you're about it. You sound like these Deus Ex fans, all right? I'm also a Deus Ex fan. You bet on bad horses, all right? But no, they're great horses. They just don't sell well. Yeah. Buy more good games, people. God damn it. What a fantastic game that was. Which one, Deus Ex or Wolfenstein? Well, both, but both. Wolfenstein, uh, the the, the second one? Yeah. Oh, man. I don't want to talk about Youngblood. Don't talk to me about Youngblood. Youngblood fucking sucked. I was so upset. <laughs> <laughs> Let's round out the report with story number seven. A Spanish theme park is building an Uncharted roller coaster. Hey! This comes from, speaking of Uncharted, this comes from Chris Golian at VGC. A Spanish theme park is getting a roller oh, coaster. Oh, it's the base of the movie! <laughs> the Spanish theme park is getting a roller coaster based on the Uncharted games, which that's VGC. Oh, so this is just a movie trailer. Okay. No, no, okay. No, 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 no. It is based on the movie. That's just, I think, VGC miswriting. Um, because, yeah, the trailer, ah, you're watching fuck. it, right? It starts off with a movie trailer, and then it says, and soon, an Uncharted ride. Welcome to Port Adventura. Yeah, Port Adventura World, a new ride, 2023. Fuck! Um, I don't need to read, read the rest of the story. That's basically it. Cool. It's coming to Port Adventura. Uncharted Have, movie. Enjoy ride. it. Enjoy it. Spanish theme park goers. I do love that you immediately are like, oh, yeah, it's going to be the game. I, I was immediately like, oh, no one's going to do some voiceover for it. And look at it. Look at Emily in there. No, no. We're going to get some Tom Holland voice, though. That's exciting. You think so? No. <laughs> I was going to say. You, like, maybe I mean, maybe I, like from the movie. Su- you would be surprised. I didn't think he would be the host of the, the Spider-Man ride in Disney uh, Disneyland. Yeah, yeah Disney's works. got a bit more money to throw around, <laughs> I think, than the Sony yeah. Pictures Spanish ride. And I mentioned, like, would you want Tom Holland there or whoever localizes the VO firm? I think they're literally going to it's record just be, parts of the movie. Yeah, it'll be ripped out of the movie. Yeah, yeah. Ripped, out, ripped from the movie. Greg, I can't wait for this Uncharted. Uh, that's, that's a lot. I bet you can't. I bet you really can't <laughs> I, wait for I can't it. wait for an actual PlayStation theme park to open up because that would be exciting that would be dope as hell right how dope would it be right now if playstation put out a statement they're like listen smash world tour we understand it sucks they won't do it but we will give you exclusive rights to playstation all-stars battle royale i think that'd be more damaging to smash world tour (laughs) (laughs) i can't wait for a playstation theme park but that's just so far away if i want to know what's coming out to mom and grab shops today where would i look the official list of upcoming software across each and every platform as listed by the kind of funny games daily show hosts each and every week. Do 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 yeah. Out today we got front mission first remake. That one's gonna switch. That, that, that smoke machine over there is gonna build up and explode. 
We're trying. We're yeah, I hope I'm not we're hosting that. <laughs> like, I hope I'm on that uh, side of the table that day. Uh, Gundam Evolution for PS5, Xbox Series X, and PS4 and Xbox One is out today. Uh, we got Warhammer 40K Dark Tide is out today for PC. We're streaming that after this. Yeah, we got Gundam Evolution, which I just said for everything. We got Astro Knight for everything. Until the Last Plane for Switch. Retro Gadgets for PC, and then 22 Racing Series speeds on to Steam Early Access today. New days for you. Goodbye Volcano High has been delayed to summer 2023. Uh, Children of Silent Town releases January 11th on all platforms, and then Spirits of Amazonia Part 3 is coming to consoles on December 14th. We got three deals of the day for you. Today is your last day to get Star Wars Squadrons for free on the Epic Games Store, so hop on that if you haven't. Amazon announced today that December 2022's free games will be Quake, Rose Riddle 2, Werewolf Shadow, which I think is all one game, uh, the, <laughs> <laughs> the Amazing American Circus, <laughs> Banners of Ruin, Brothers, A Tale of Two Sons, Spinch, uh, Desert Child, and Doors Paradox. And then uh, the December PS Plus lineup was confirmed. Of course, you're getting Mass Effect, Legendary Edition, uh, Biomutant, and Divine Knockout. Now it's time for counterframe.com slash you're wrong. Rewrite in. Let us know what we got wrong as we got it wrong so you can correct it for those watching later on YouTube and listening later on podcast services around the globe. All right. Nano, you understand what Greg meant. <laughs> I hate it when he does that. You know, you know I mean? he thinks he can get you on get the technicality. Here, you know? No, man, I'll play defense for you. Thanks. Oh, here we go. This is actually pretty good. Um, new AJ. Actually, no. Here, here's the thing. This person that writes in all the time says, hey, you lads, just a correction on how to say my name. It's Newidge's new Eyes. N-E as in next. next. And Eyes because I'm a photographer. No Eyes. Love you all irrespective. So it's just new eyes. New, new, new. But what, what about the W-A-J? No, no. Why did, well, why would he do that then? Like, if I say you, it should have been W, it should have been new dash, whatever the rest is. But he just said new eyes. So it's just new eyes now. He's new eyes. I'm going to need you to send in a voice uh, recording. Or just do what I said. Is there more to it after the new? Because you called out the new. Like, as in next, which I get. Nah. So I guess it's nah. Neh eyes. Neh eyes. Neh eyes. And then Portland Kevin writes in and says, it's my birthday today. That's not wrong. <laughs> Happy birthday, Portland <laughs> Kevin. You only get one. All right? Nobody else write in with that. It's only for the Portland Kevin. No, now you've opened up the floodgates. Play. Nobody else write in with, it's your birthday. All right? Maybe write in to countofunny.com slash KHD so you can get... No, write in to countofunny.com slash XCast and tell Mike that it's Portland Kevin's birthday. Tomorrow's host for Kind of Funny Games Daily are going to be me. And Tim, if you're watching this live right now, after this is Warhammer Dark Tide yeah. with Greg, Mike, Andy, and Nick. If you want to catch that stream later, you can, of course, subscribe to YouTube.com slash Games. Remember, this has been Kind of Funny Games Daily, each and every weekday live right here on YouTube.com slash Games and Twitch.tv slash Games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. Until next time, game daily.